It is Thursday, the 21st day of October in the year 2021. Uh, earlier today, uh, officials in the fine state of Florida uh, announced that human remains and uh, articles belonging to a Mr. Brian Laundry. I don't even know if that's how it's pronounced. Landry, laundry, whatever. It's spelt laundry, so that's what we're going to call were found at Mayakaachi Creek Park in the Northport area, uh, which is apparently uh, where this young man's uh, parents uh, lived and where he is from. If you're not familiar with Mr. Laundry, uh, you probably live in a fucking cave, but uh, he is the one who allegedly murdered his girlfriend, Gabby. Uh, I think her last name was Polito. I do my best not to pay too much attention to, to shit like this, but what can you do? Um, it doesn't come off as too much of a surprise that uh, this clown likely fucking killed himself. Uh, the guy looked like a giant pussy to begin with, and it's pretty clear that uh, he killed his pussy. Killed his pussy. Killed his girlfriend like a giant pussy. What I need to know is, how is that his only option? What what transpired between the two that uh, that enraged him to such a state that he killed this young lady allegedly? I've always wondered that. Like, what drives people mentally? I mean, obviously, you're gonna get people that are flat out mentally ill, crazy folk. But I would imagine then that every anybody who decides to take another human life willingly is mentally ill. Or just a you know a straight up sociopath, but it's like, why not just leave? Wouldn't you think that that would be a better way to handle it if you just leave? Like drive to the airport, hand the keys to this van over to the girl, and then just go home, and just leave her behind. Like, okay, I'm done with you. It's is human life in general that worthless to you that you know you think that you're empowered enough to kill someone like what makes you think that that you're uh a deity of some kind and you're gonna take a human life it's fucking bananas to me like i can't even i can't even uh fathom that like not, not even begin to fathom that but you know it, it's not difficult if you're a a full-blown sociopath, and that's clearly what this fucking giant pussy was. I say clearly, but again, allegedly. But uh, good fucking uh, riddance to you, sir. Because you know this was this was the ending that anybody who had you know spent three seconds uh, looking into this story, uh, you know, sort of assumed this was what was going to be. So no shock. Uh, there's no more of that, but plenty of far better shit on episode number 95 the west 95th street episode it's tough <laughs> it's tough in these high numbers as we are on the hashtag road to 100 uh, i have enjoyed the handful uh, of times that i spent uh in the upper west side of manhattan and i have no idea if any of those times included um you know, any instances or moments spent on West 95th Street? Not entirely sure. But um, it, since I have really no ideas uh, 
for this segment of the program. Uh, let's call this free ad time. And here's a plug for the businesses that I could find via Google Maps on West 95th Street. Ancient Art Window Lettering, Rand Realty, New York, Financial Planning Concepts, Simchi Cleaners, West Side Marquee Apartments, Holy Fuck, the rent there is way too damn high, uh, Congregation Ohab Zedek, Simply Grand Caterers, something called the Honey Deuce Mansion. I can't tell if it's a bar, a hotel, or just a place where a dude has another business that uh, serves drinks and rents rooms in his place. I don't know. The Manhattan Children's Center, the Studio School, the Alexander Robertson School, and there's a Halal Guys on the corner of West 95th and Amsterdam. So, there you go. A completely useless two minutes. Uh, You will not get those back unless you skipped this portion of the program. But uh, otherwise, how would you know if there was a uh, Halal Guys on the corner of West 95th and Amsterdam? Now you know, and the next time you're in the Upper West Side... You should visit that particular location because Halal Guys food is terrific. That's all right here, right now, on Complaints and Observations. Still, the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? Hello, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming by. Hope you uh, didn't skip my uh, my show open where I just rambled off businesses on a street in New York City. If you did, uh, please go back and listen. You might uh, you might hear something, or probably not. Uh, so yeah, ton of stuff to talk about today. As usual, nothing of any sort of importance. Uh, all just a, uh, you know, normal, everyday person talking about uh, a variety of incidents and complaining about shit, observing dumb crap. Uh, that's pretty much how it goes around here. If you're, if, if this is your first time, uh, which I doubt, uh, welcome. But um, last week was a very sportsy episode. <clears throat> This week, I'm trying to keep the sports to a minimum, but I need to kick things off right from the jump. couple things. First, uh, the Boston Red Sox currently mired in a 2-2 series tie with the Houston Astros, and as we are recording, are currently losing uh, 3-0 um, in Game 5 to the Astros. So not looking good. Uh, still plenty of time. Not The series is not over yet. We'll see how it goes. But last night, uh, Tuesday night, uh, the end of the game, the ninth inning, uh, the umpire fucking squeezed uh, Nathan Avaldi Two on, two out. Top of the eighth. Uh, Should have got out of it with you know a 2-2 tie game. Didn't happen. Uh, the umpire missed a, a strike three call. 
a blatantly obvious strike three call, the kind of call that an umpire needs to make in that spot, in that game, at that time. Like, you, you can't miss that. And that's the thing, okay? I am all for the human element. I'm all for human umpires. I'm not one of these crazy people that wants robot umps and all that shit. I think it's so stupid. Like, if that's the point, if you're going to, if you want robot umpires, why would you not want robot players? There was an 8-bit Nintendo game with, I wish I could remember the name of the fucking robot baseball game, (laughs) but I can't. So, um, but I mean, that's the next step, really, if that's the case. You know, if you're going to have robot umpires, you're going to have robot players, and then, then, then what? I don't know. But man, you know, it just goes to show you like pitching is so fucked up now in baseball where starting pitchers are are valued for going four innings in a playoff game. And it's like, boy, boy, that's exciting. The the sport as a whole has gotten uh, terribly boring, long, drawn out bullshit. And it's almost, I I don't want to say it's to the point in overturn, but it's getting fucking close. It's getting close. So I'm very curious. I hope they win. I hope the Red Sox win. I hope they go to the World Series. I hope they win the whole thing, even though I was down on them, just like most other people around here, with a handful of exceptions. Um, but we'll see. Uh, the other thing is, uh, on Sunday, the Patriots lost to the Cowboys. And, um, you know, it's tough for someone like me who is a, a Patriots fan and a Cowboys fan. So I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people that roots for two teams. It's... It's not my, uh, you know, proudest um, accomplishment in life, but, you know, it's a curse. So, um, but it's funny because the football media now has finally figured out that that Bill Belichick has been way more conservative than the rest of the league for at least the last three or four years. Case in point, the number of times this year on fourth and short where, where he's chosen not to go go for it, whether it be to try to win a game or, uh, you know, to get a first down, obviously, but, you know, the media is all finally catching up with, with what a lot of us have kind of figured out over the course of the last few years. And I really think it has a lot to do with when they went for it on fourth and two with their own fucking 28 yard line or whatever it is against the Colts, however many years ago, and they got blown up and that was that. So, and I think that kind of planted a seed and now, no matter what it is, fourth and short, fourth and whatever, if it's fourth and less than a yard. You know, we used to just have Brady sneak it through. Now, since uh, neither he or Josh McDaniels have a fucking lick of trust in the current quarterback, uh, apparently they don't think that he's able to lean forward and get a first down. So, whatever. Welcome to uh, Patriots fandom, national football media. That's all. He's saying shit that we've known for years. It's no nothing different, nothing new. Just how it's been. You, you kind of hope that he grows out of it. <laughs> grows out of it. He's a 68-year-old man. But uh, welcome to the party, and it's it's very frustrating. Even when they were winning Super Bowls, you still get frustrated with little shit. That's just how it goes, especially around here because we're uh, we're jaded people. You know, uh, that's that's jaded sports fans. That's where we are. Even though we win constantly, case in point, where you know, the Red Sox are current in the in in the LCS. I can't talk today. I'm terribly sorry. God. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, all right. That's it for sports. Also, West Ham won last week, so fuck yeah. Seventh place in the table. Uh, doing good. Big Europa League game on Thursday. Come on, you irons. Um, all right. 
non-sports. Let's get away from sports, shall we? We'll get into a another hot topic. Adele. Fucking Adele. Not literally, although that wouldn't be the worst thing, but Adele. This girl currently pretty much has the entire world wrapped around her finger. And for good reason, mind you. She's incredibly talented, like absurdly talented. And I'll be honest, folks, 1,000% honest, which is the only, whoop, like right now, I just punched the microphone. I'm, I'm honest with you when I say I punched the microphone. But I'll be honest with you, folks, one, this is complete transparency, and that's what you get on this program. I've listened to, to Easy On Me at least two dozen times in the last week. Minimum two dozen times, probably upwards of three or four. It's just a flat out terrific song. And I, I, you know, I had to do my, my due diligence and my deep dive into figuring out, all right, what's the deal? What's the deal here? Well, she wrote it. She was getting divorced and she had to tell her, her son, her nine-year-old son that her and her father were getting divorced. And she asked him to take it easy on her. It's like, oh, wow, isn't that nice? Then when you you know you read the lyrics and you see what's going on and you're like oh it's kind of it's a nice song, she wrote it, to her and and uh, one dude, which you don't see that much anymore from worldwide mega pop stars. Usually it's a team of writers. Well, in this particular instance, it's Adele and one dude, one dude whose name I don't know, and it's a simple song, it's just piano. There's a little bass drum in there, but it's the kind of song that's so good that you'll be sick of it in a few months. And then after that, you know, if it isn't already a karaoke smash, granted, look, we're still technically in the midst of a pandemic. Karaoke may not be, uh, you know, a thing right now, but, you know, when it becomes a thing, or if it is now, whatever, uh, every grizzled karaoke vet will be busting that thing out as a finale for the next decade. It's that fucking good. There's also um, endless potential for remixing that song. The second verse into the bridge is just rife for some serious hard rock riffs and, and drum fills. It's, Yeah. Like every time I listen to it, I'm 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 drumming. It's a non-existent drumming. You know, there's some, but the way that she fucking sings it, and the way that she changes key, and the way that not key, but the way that she fucking, it's unreal. Like it's so hard to keep up with. And I'm gonna have to listen to it six, seven dozen more times before I'm able to sing it like the exact same way. But in my, I have to go down see this i know nothing about fucking music so you know i can't hit those high notes so i have to go lower and it's possible with that song it's the kind of thing it's the kind of song that you can you can make your own you could it's again it's that good here's the thing though okay and i'm sure i'm not the first person to say this but i've always thought that I wonder if, all right, what are the odds that she's grown so proficient in her songwriting prowess 
that now she's like purposely getting into situations and relationships just for the content. Right now she's dating uh, LeBron James's agent, Rich Paul. I don't know the guy from a fucking hole in the wall. His Wikipedia page is very short, which is surprising. Seems like a decent guy, you know, start, you know, rose through the ranks after meeting LeBron in an airport, basically. Um, which is, honestly, it's a fucking cool story. He's wearing a Warren Moon jersey. And LeBron's like, oh, that's pretty fucking cool. They exchanged info. Next thing you know, <laughs> Rich Paul is like, is huge. That's cool. At least I think so, whatever. But I wonder if he, in the back of his mind, as he's, you know, out and about with Adele. So last night, Tuesday night, they're at, uh, I don't know where they were. Where were they? They were at a basketball game, but I don't know which game they were at. Not the point. Funny, like, the pictures are weird. Like, she's dressed in this, like, all leather getup. She looks fucking fantastic. And he's just like kind of sitting, sitting next to her, but almost behind her with his hands folded. Uh, you know, there's no, like all the pictures I saw didn't look like he was really into it, but I don't know. What do I know? Maybe he just didn't want to be part of it. Maybe just kind of sat back and let the pictures be about her. I don't know. I don't know what he's thinking. But he has to be aware of her catalog, No. He's got to be. He has to know that, like, she's she's used every relationship she's ever had as fodder for her writing. And he has to know that this is probably going to end at some point. She's going to write a song, like, I don't know, fucking stupid, something stupid called, like, I'm not a sport or whatever. And it's it's going to be all about him. It'll be a world, worldwide smash, and he'll only be moderately embarrassed by it because it'll be too rich for such trivialities and he'll be dating someone else by then anyway. So what's it matter? But like, is it all a game to Adele? I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm being, I'm being completely most likely very unoriginal here because there's no way I'm the only one who's ever thought this way. I'm telling tales out of school, if you will. It just seems like a thing to me. I don't, I could, again, could be dead wrong. Dead wrong. And I probably am because I'm typically dead wrong about just about everything. So I'm looking forward to the rest of the album, if we're being honest, because if it's half as good as the first single, I'll enjoy it and then probably get annoyed by all of it come Christmas time. So, uh, last week or the week prior, my wife says, um, take a look at this text that I just got. So I'm like, oh, all right. So I'm going to go one of a dozen ways. Who knows? Um, and it's basically a text from uh, a friend of ours about uh, a nail shop. I'm not going to say where the nail shop is, but it's local. And uh, about how they had to close down to to do a deep cleaning 
of the nail shop. Now, you know, first blush, you don't really think much of that these days because, you know, when somebody closes a business and says they need to deep clean, it's usually because of a, uh, a COVID outbreak. Well, in this particular instance, that was not the case. Seems a gentleman ran into said nail shop. Now, I, I don't know this exactly because I don't know the the intimate details, if you will, uh, of, of the situation. But um, for the purposes of storytelling, he ran into the nail shop masturbating. And I would assume at some point, somewhere within the shop, made a mess. Use your imagination. Hence the reason for closing and having to do a deep clean within the establishment. I was appalled. Uh, and at the same time, laughing my ass off. The hope is that, you know, obviously no one was injured or, or targeted during the affair. But it's, I mean, look, it's still funny. If somebody was injured or, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to find another word that's like, a stupid uh, double entendre, but it's not working. Um, I mean, targeted is pretty good. If somebody was injured in the event, then it's not that funny anymore, even though it's still kind of funny. It's not funny. You know what I mean? Um, but <laughs> like when you hear that, what what could what else is your reaction other than you? And then you laugh, right? I mean, maybe, maybe your first reaction is on you. I don't think, I don't think mine was you. Mine was probably like, what? No fucking way. Ha 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 ha. You know, it's, it's probably how it went. Not, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but that's my guess. But what, and here, here it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show. It's like, what possesses someone to do certain things, right? And in this particular instance, it, it, this particular event wasn't widely reported. This came through uh, word of mouth via um, someone who had to report to the scene, apparently. Probably the best way to put it. So as far as I know, it's legitimate. The business was closed for a couple of days. <clears throat> but like, what would possess this person to do it? So obviously there's all kinds of various machinations that could that could go on here. You could it could be like he knew somebody uh, and he went in there and wanted to embarrass them or some shit. I don't know. But it takes like <laughs> I guess you could say it takes balls to do something like that, but like, what the fuck? Honestly, what the, what the fuck? Of all the things to do, that's what you choose to do. Like, you got up that day, uh, nail salon masturbator, and, and thought to yourself, you know, it's a, 
it's a Thursday afternoon or whatever the fuck it is. And boy, I'm really, I'm really either. Well, okay, hold on. He could either be really pissed off or he's just abnormally horny. And he's like, oh, I need to take care of this right now. And he ran into this nail salon and did what he needed to do. That had to be scary as fuck. Oh, my God. The more I think about this, the more fucking vile it really is. Yeah, it's still kind of funny, but less so the more I think about it. But So, you know, next time you're in a nail salon, keep an eye on the door because you never know what's coming through. And scene. All right. Um... This is not a, a, a uh, movie trailer review. It's not. This is a full, quick review of something that I watched on Netflix. Yes, I actually sat and watched something on Netflix. It's a documentary by Billy Corbin. If you're not familiar with Billy Corbin, uh, he's a producer. He's done a handful of different things. He did The U, uh, 30 for 30 on ESPN. Well, Big Miami guy, and because I'm a massive Dan Levitard fan, um, Billy Corbin is regularly interviewed by Dan Levitard about all things Miami, and, and mainly Miami politics and the shenanigans that go on in that city, and it's fascinating. I could listen to this guy shit talk Miami politicians all day. All day. It is unbelievably entertaining. He made a Netflix uh, documentary series called Cocaine Cowboys about two uh, cocaine traffickers in the 80s, and it was fucking unbelievable. Unbelievable story. Do yourself a favor. If you like documentaries that have that are very interesting, somewhat humorous, and will leave you, like, with your jaw on the floor multiple times from some of the shit that happened. Cocaine Cowboys. Check it out. The Kings of Miami. It was fucking awesome. Loved it. <clears throat> um, I mentioned during my uh, in- Instagram story video um, in the afternoon that I, I want to talk about Walgreens. Well, Walgreens is just kind of like a an intro to, to what I wanted to talk about. It's not entirely about Walgreens. Not a fan of Walgreens. Let's just put that out. Never been a fan of Walgreens. Maybe I grew up with CVS. So I'm not a fan of Walgreens. I don't, I don't know what it is. Just feels weird. Looks weird. Smells weird. Everything about it strikes me as weird. CVS is far more comforting to me for some weird fucking reason. It's just a drugstore. I don't, I shouldn't care, but whatever. There was a story that came out the other day that Walgreens was closing four stores in the San Francisco area due to, quote, organized retail crime theft, end quote. This is a legitimate thing, okay? Retail crime theft. I read another story not too long ago in the Washington Post about a guy who was a uh, a loss prevention officer for for a big company. They didn't say which company he worked for, but like the amount of time and effort put in to stopping these giant uh you know retail thieves it's like just fucking organized crime it's legitimate organized crime so every time you go on to like ebay or amazon and you see i don't know like fucking dove soap there's a 70 to 80 percent chance that that 
is stolen merchandise. Because these crime rings are basically going in with trash bags and somehow walking out with shit ton of product. Well, Walgreens was losing money, tons of money, especially in the San Francisco area. So instead of trying to to do something uh, to stop the problem, they've decided to just close the stores altogether. There were so many things that they could could have done other than just quitting. They've just fucking thrown in the, the towel like, oh, we can't deal with it. There's a massive homeless population problem in San Francisco. Part of it stems from the fact that it is unbelievably expensive to live in that city. Like disgustingly expensive to live in that city. And for, it, homelessness to me is something that I, another thing that I it, it, just don't understand. Like, if you're homeless, why would you fucking be homeless in the most expensive city in the country? I don't get that. And now, obviously, it's not easy to to move around when you're homeless, but, I mean, you have two feet, do you not? Start walking and go someplace cheaper. I don't know. It's a stupid, ignorant fucking thing for me to say. I know it is, but, man, oh, man. Because, uh, I mean, what chance does, does a homeless person in San Francisco or in the entire state of California for that matter have of you know getting a job having enough money to have a home rent an apartment slim to none you're fucked because it's it's so goddamn expensive in the entire state you're screwed you're absolutely fucking screwed not the point uh, but so instead of, of Walgreens, like doing all this shit to try to mitigate the problem, lessen the, the, the problem, right? Like say, uh, you know, you, you close a store, you make it sort of like a online only pickup location where you lock the doors, customers can't come in. You have like, I don't know, drive through windows, essentially, essentially some way that you can still service the neighborhood without closing the store, Right. Or maybe hire, maybe pay these employees a little bit more money to actually give a fuck about the job. Because it wouldn't shock me if a lot of this organized retail crime ring has a lot to do with insider, uh, you know, info. Where they just dump a bunch of shit in a plastic bag, leave it outside the door, boom. Nobody's, they're none the wiser. And look, this is entirely speculative on my part, hypothetical thinking. And and because I, I tend to sort of... My brain tends to skew in this particular direction. That's that's what I'm thinking. I'm just thinking that, you know, maybe uh, if, if the employees within these particular um, places were treated a little bit better, we would have less of this type of problem. And it kind of goes, um, you know, it's, it's a very corporate America mindset. It's a profit-driven society. Everything is about making money. Everything is is about possessing more. Everything is more. Give me more. More of everything. That's just society as a whole is more. I had a wonderful conversation with, with my dear friend, Evan, friend of the show. And as I've said time and time again, every time I talk to Evan, I end up smarter than when I started. So <clears throat> Evan's big thing was about this the great resignation that you've probably read about. And if you've spent any time on LinkedIn, I'm sure you've seen it uh, talked about a couple of times. 
LinkedIn, I cannot fucking stand LinkedIn. I've said that a million times. I hate LinkedIn. It drives me crazy. Anyway, and the great resignation is you just see a lot of people in these service industry type jobs quitting because they don't want to fucking deal with shit anymore. They're not, they're not treated well. They're not paid enough. You know, you have the, the middle class thinking that they're infinitely better than the lower middle class and treating people at work at a fucking Walgreens or McDonald's or a Dunkin' Donuts like dog shit. I'm like, what? If someone's working in that type of position, what do they care if they're watching a bunch of fucking Dove soap walk out the door? They don't give a shit. Why would they care? They're making 15 bucks an hour. And look, you can, you can, you can come back at me and say, well, that shouldn't be a, uh, a career for people. Well, guess what? It is for some people. Okay. Judge Schmales, Schmales, Judge Schmales said it himself. The world needs ditch diggers too, you know, and that's the truth. That's just the way things go. Not everyone is upper middle class and making six figures every year. You know, and if you walk through life treating lower people like shit or people that you perceive to be lower like shit, it's a poor reflection upon you. And it's not going to it's not going to benefit society as a whole. There's nothing wrong with going through life being nice to people that work at a fucking Dunkin Donuts. You don't know what they're going through. In places like Walgreens, they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck about the old lady who happens to live in San Francisco, maybe in a rent-controlled apartment that needs to go to the Walgreens to get her medication. They don't care. They'd rather close the fucking place up than deal with the problem head-on. And that's sort of the thinking with corporate America and capitalism as a whole, where it's you know, me, 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 I, 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 more, more, more. That's the thinking all the time. And it's just fine. It's nauseating. It's just, it's taking the easy way always. I read something on Twitter the other day. Somebody tweeted something. Um, along the lines of, remember when you were a kid and you had new shit to talk about with your friends every time you saw your friends. It was like a, uh, it was a, a, a day to day, maybe even hour to hour occurrence where something new in your life happened that would necessitate a conversation with your friends. And I would say this probably went on. I would say through high school, maybe even into your college years, who knows. But then after that, and the prevalence of uh, social media kind of took away from, you know, having, having that stuff to talk about. And it's like now, nobody fucking talks. So, you know, when you see your friends, it's just like, oh, how's work? It's like, oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. And it's funny because I I spent time with a couple of guys, um, some friends of mine last week that I hadn't seen for a while. And, you know, we, we all follow each other on, on the, uh, the Instagram, the various social media platform uh, forms, if you will. So, I mean, the conversation immediately goes to, like I said, how's work? 
how's work? Now, these are two guys that I used to work with. So, you know, obviously we have that in common. That's a commonality right there. So, you know, we start talking about the, you know, the people that we used to work with, the company that we worked at, but it was not entirely work-related, but, you know, it was a lot of, it was a lot of work going on. Now, I've had discussions with both of these guys, um, you know, about things that don't have anything to do with work, but uh, it just seems now that when you have conversations with, with people, when you get older and, you know, you, they're not your everyday friends, I guess the best we could put it. So it's not the people that you see regularly. It's people that you only see occasionally and the conversations, uh, center around work. Now, are we so fucking programmed as, um, Americans or humans that work is is all encompassing that our entire life is work related it's like you know what no like fuck that like every single person is is incredibly interesting and in doing something other than working to pay their bills like that's a that's a fact even if you just sit there and read or sit there and watch television or something when you're not working you're you're always doing something else and so I wonder if there's I wonder if there's a thing where people just don't think that what they do outside of their working lives offers any value. So here I am doing this stupid podcast and you know I I understand that it's not you know it's not for everyone it's not for really more than a handful of people but that's not the point the point is that I enjoy it so that's why I do it. And it allows me to talk about different things and things that I I find interesting and annoying and, and, and whatnot. And the thinking, and I've mentioned this before, is that I could use the program as an outlet for other people that, you know, need to get something off their chest or, or whatever, really. Um, <clears throat> but it's kind of a sad state of affairs, is it not? Where anything interesting that happens, you immediately, you know, put it up on social media. So you go somewhere, you're on vacation, take a bunch of pictures and you show it on social media. It used to be a thing where if you took pictures on vacation, you had to physically show the pictures to your friends. Like that's fucking wild. Now that's just being old. But I wonder if it would make our lives better if not, you know, if we were sort of programmed to not like fucking share every single instance of our existence on the internet. You know, it, it's a stupid thing to say because it's, I don't want to say it's not possible, but, you know, it, it, it's possible in some people. I try not to, but there are a lot of things that, that I find amusing that I want to share with people because I like, I like getting a couple chuckles out of folks. You know what I mean? So that's why I share it. But at the same time, it leads me to, you know, when you're having a conversation with a friend that you kind of run out of stuff to talk about. And I find that um, I find that kind of sad. And I'm going to make a concerted effort to not have that happen. And I'm trying to be better about reaching out to people that I haven't reached out to or spoken to in a while, and try to make connections. And because, yeah, what's the point of uh, of living if you can't, you know, have more friends? And you know, I don't have kids, so I got to have friends. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I, I it was just an odd tweet, and it got me really sort of thinking, like. 
when you when you're a kid, every every and that's the other thing too. When you're a kid, every experience you have is fucking new. And it's like when once you once you turn like twenty five, uh, your new experiences for for the duration of your time living is typically limited. Like you're not gonna do a lot of new shit on a daily basis, and maybe that's the other thing. Maybe you need to force yourself to do new shit on a daily basis to make, you know, make you only get to be here once. So why wouldn't you try to do new shit every day, right? But sometimes it's not possible. You have to work. You know what I mean? Hey, how's work going? Well, you know, I fucking work 10 hours a day, so I got to do all this shit, and then I got to drive to the office, and, you know, somebody fucking put a shit nest in the bathroom again. (laughs) Not saying that, you know, that's a... That's just an example. Still can't get over the fucking shit nest. Like... You can't, you can't be doing that. <laughs> I got another picture the other day of a shit nest from from Matt's work. It's like, what the fuck? Another one. Like, you, you gotta put something on the on the door. You need a sign on the door that says, "Please, for the fucking love of God, other people use this toilet. Take the fucking toilet paper off the goddamn bowl. You sick, twisted fuck." Anyways, I'm off topic, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's something you really need to th- sort of think about because I'm I'm certain that I'm not the only one that uh, finds themselves in that position. Maybe you need to sort of look at life in a more child with through childlike eyes and and be open and receptive to new things. I don't know. I don't know if that's it. I don't know, but I just found that it was one of those tweets that you read. Like, wow, that's. That's rather interesting. Doesn't happen on Twitter very often because the place is a fucking cesspool, but it happens occasionally. Um, it, it's 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 just one of these things that kind of makes you go, hmm. Right, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the program. As it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. Gripe number one, memes. Memes. I fucking hate memes. I shouldn't say I hate memes. That's not accurate. Um, I find 95% of memes to be... Terrible. Maybe 96% of memes. And I'll tell you why, okay? I think memes have their place, right? Well-placed, well-timed, jokey memes are good. They're fine. But I'm finding more and more, especially lately over the course of the last 18-plus months here, that memes have become a method of communication for people who are Uh, too stupid to use words of their own um, to to express a point or to express how they feel. And I, I think that the only real actual value is the very first time that it's used. So it's created and used. Then it's devalued immediately. It's like a fucking new car. The minute you drive it off the lot, it's worth less than what you just paid. 
the first time a meme is used, it's it's terrific. But the minute it's used again, it's no longer valuable. There are a few things more annoying to me currently than the person on Instagram. And you all know who they are you because I guarantee you, if you're on the Instagram, you know these people. And there are a fucking ton of them. That they, they just put a half dozen memes in their stories every day to make them look smart or, or woke or enlightened or whatever the fuck it is that they want to be called that particular day. If whatever the meme is saying is so important to you, shouldn't you be able to express that in your own words? Or is it just, it's only important to you in that split second where you see the meme, download the meme, and then share it to your profile? Can't It can't be that important to you. If you have a string of memes that contain a theme, why wouldn't you just type it out? Are you not interesting enough with your own words that you need someone else's words to convey the way that you're feeling? Because that's that's what I think. Because most times when I see that, I think, all right, you think you're fucking smarter than everyone else because you've just posted this one particular meme that's been shared by thousands of other people and created by one person at one time in a meme farm I don't even know if that's a thing, <clears throat> but you're not as clever and as, and as smart and as funny as you think. So take that into consideration when you uh, post a meme somewhere. Like, Look at the meme and think to yourself, is this what I'm trying to convey? Is there a way that I can take this, convey it in a way that is, you know, encapsulates this particular point of view, but in my own words, I'm going to guess no. Just a guess. Greg number two. Vanderpump rules and shows of that ilk. Every single event on these programs involves an earth-shattering event in a serious talk amongst friends. How many fucking serious talks do these people need to have over the course of time? Or, when are people who watch this garbage, Jennifer, going to realize that none of it is real? It's all trite, fake nonsense. Now, professional wrestling is fake. I can admit that. But at least it's entertaining. I do not see the value, the entertainment value, in watching a group of very wealthy people having an argument over some petty, stupid disagreement that they're having. What is that? Where's the entertainment value in that? Like, the fucking Real Housewives. What? Every fucking ending of every episode is the same. They're having dinner. They're drinking. They're yelling at each other. That's the whole fucking ending of the show, of every fucking episode. And then it's next week on The Real Housewives of wherever the fuck they live. They, they fucking show a clip of the same exact thing, but maybe it's brunch this time instead of dinner. Oh, my God. Of all the crap that my... And you know what? 
Like Jennifer doesn't watch a, a, a ton of shit. She just watches like a lot of the same fucking things because they're all the fuck. They all run together. How do you keep track of these fucking people? How do you keep track of them? They don't fucking do anything. Oh man, it, it it's one of the. It just fucking drives me crazy. And and here's the thing, right? She can she could turn around and say. Uh, I hate when you watch wrestling because it's stupid. And, I said, and and my response would be, I know it's stupid. Just like when I say to her, this shit is stupid. She says, yeah, I know it's stupid. But it's the same fucking thing every time. Like, there's no surprises. At least in wrestling, some things change. You have to do something different every week. Like, believe me, it's stale as fuck. I've been watching it for 40 fucking years. It's stale as shit. And I don't watch it nearly as much as I used to. No fucking way. Not even close. But fucking hey, Whoa. I just don't like those shows. <laughs> That's the long and the short of it. I just don't like them. And I'm, and I'm kind of... Um, I'm kind of running a bit low on gripes. So. And so, gripe number three. Hangovers. All right. I need someone that's much smarter than me to explain why they have gotten infinitely worse as I've aged. It's almost become untenable. I got drunk Saturday night. Didn't I didn't even really mean to. It was it was a started during the day. Um drank through dinner, went out for dinner, drank some more. And it's the same thing. Like, you're just mixing shit. And, you know, I it, I can't fucking drink like I'm 23 years old anymore. I just can't do it. And it's my fault. I know I know better. Yet I can't. I have zero self-control. And again, I pride myself on being wonderfully self-aware. And so I know full well. But this is the, like, I'm not an alcoholic by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. If I wanted to stop drinking for... You know, a few weeks or a month, I could for sure, no problem. And, I, and I'm definitely gonna like, I have to cut back. I cannot do that anymore. I mean, that fucking hangover lasted two goddamn days, and I still feel like shit. And I, at this point, it's not the hangover; it's probably something else. I don't know what, but that hangover lasted two days. I had to go to the football game the next day, and I felt like fucking. I had three beers of the game. And uh, that was it. I tried getting a fucking coffee at the football game. Like, I couldn't fucking find a goddamn coffee at Gillette Stadium to save my life. I almost went through the entire 300 level to find a fucking coffee. I mean, I went my entire section, my entire side of the of the 300 section. Couldn't find a fucking coffee. I wanted a goddamn coffee. <laughs> because I was still fucking hung over it. Like... Six o'clock, six thirty on Sunday, and then most of the day on Monday, and then it kind of turned, and now it's I'm dealing with whatever it is that's fucking bothering me now. But fucking a, it was it's just too much. You, you lose an entire day, and again, it I'm sure there's a ton to it. I'm sure there's there's reasons why, and I'm sure that there's this that and the other thing. But man, oh man, I just. You, 
I, I just can't fucking do it anymore. I can't. I can't stand it. You know, like, look, there's. I just, do I really need to get that fucked up to enjoy my time? And it, no, I don't. The, here's the flip side of the coin, though, right? <laughs> I am the absolute biggest miserable prick when I'm not drinking and everyone around me is drinking. How people that are like sober can fucking deal with that shit is beyond me because, oh man, I have the lowest tolerance for drunk people when I'm not drunk. Oh man, it's not good. It's not good. Like I'm, I'm fully prepared to leave people behind if, if I'm surrounded by drunk folks and I'm not drunk. It's bad. But yeah, hangovers, man. Think about it. So if you know anything about hangovers and why it's killing 43-year-old Dave, please share with the program. 617-657-4736. Call in. That's the voicemail line. I would love to hear from you, honestly. This is a, you know, I, I've mentioned it multiple times before, but <clears throat> if you listen to the program and you know that that I don't know that you listen to the program, I'm, I'm asking you kindly. Call in with a complaint. Complain about the show. I don't give a fuck. Just call in 617-657-4736. Call in, please. Share your poor taste in entertainment with the world or with the four other call, uh, listeners of the program. But uh, that is the end of our time together. Thank you for listening as always. It's greatly appreciated. I would ask that you go to the Instagram page at Complaints Pod, the Twitter page at Complaints Pod. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. And apparently Facebook is going to change their name. So I'm going to be like, fuck whatever the new company is. Maybe I'll just say fuck Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know. I could do that. Uh, I have a YouTube page, but I haven't done anything with it. Uh, we are on the hashtag road to 100, my 100th episode of the program. I will probably be doing nothing special, but we'll see. Who knows? Not entirely sure. Um, I do have an email address, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. That is a website, complaintsandobservations.com. There is uh, there's a blog up there. I have written some blog posts, but I don't think I, I, don't think I did one last week. Um, so there's a bunch of old stuff up there. I know I said last week that I was going to do one on Friday, and I didn't, but... I may do one this week. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> what else? Is that it? Yeah. I think that's it. Uh, thank you as always for listening. It's so very appreciative. Uh, can't thank you enough. So take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.